0: Well, Joel, it is wonderful to have you with us. I have Joel Houston in Los Angeles, uh, with me in London. And Joel would have been speaking to us if we were able to be meeting together here in the UK. Joel is an old friend. He needs no introduction. He is a supporter of Liverpool, sadly. Uh, He is uh, a great musician, songwriter, leader of United. Uh, and also someone deeply concerned about the world in which we're living. And Joel and I have been friends for as long as I can remember, many, many years. Uh, I feel like
1: you can remember a <laughs> lot more than I can remember, so I don't know if that's all the way true, but <laughs> That I'm is pretty not pretty all the way it. through, considering I hate it. I'm
0: not sure
1: how uh, your memory is doing. Joel's
0: uh, songs have been sustaining uh, for many of us. Uh, and indeed, Joel gave me an amazing present, Oh. birthday uh which is one of the, from the inside out in manuscript form and it couldn't be sort the pride of place in my <laughs> in my room so i'm a groupie of united um a friend of of joel but above all i believe that this generation in which joel has shaped so much of the church's drawing young people together is a prophetic generation and whether It is, whether you're a Christian or not, it's a prophetic generation uh, that we need to open our ears to and to listen. So it's an enormous privilege for me to be able to be interviewing uh, Joel uh, today. So Joel, welcome, after all that. Can we start with, um, which is pretty sad, really, the uh, whole way in which, uh, you know, I just felt so strongly uh, that uh, the way in which we are looking at race uh in the world today Uh, 50 years ago i was in a demonstration leading it in south africa against apartheid i was doing that yesterday uh in london in in hyde park i can't believe that in 50 years we've gained much but so much more to do and i thought to myself you know it's easier to campaign against laws it's much more difficult to work in against in a culture Uh, and to change the attitudes and the behavior of people. Tell us a bit about you and your reaction uh, to George Floyd.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, this, I mean, okay. Well, thank you, Ken. Um, I mean, I I have found... uh, I feel like the last week or so now it's i mean a few weeks really it's kind of I feel like there's been this um, everything's kind of been pushing this pressure point you know like this this moment um, where ultimately sooner or later things are going to combust in culture uh, and um, we live in a world of of so many tensions and I think one of the things I have had to really wrestle through uh, in the last few years has been. Navigating those tensions, um, because I'm a, for me I, I like I like solutions. I like trying to find ways to kind of uh, reconcile ends that otherwise seem at odds, um, and and so that is something that I find real purpose in and meaning. And um, and I have over the last few years because. Um, of the nature of the world that we live in, the nature of communication, technology, uh, the way that our world seem to, um, while, we, while we are more, everybody's more available, um, the echo chambers, as, as you know, people like to talk about, uh, become more and more isolated and limited to people who think the same. And, and um, that's just the way that uh, the world is being shaped and there should be no surprise it's not for the first time it's just it's new it's different yeah and i think when um when it came to this week i was i was probably still trying to figure out with how to deal with um what what occurred here in the states a few weeks earlier with ahmad um and and i remember when it first happened i, I follow a few um, leaders uh, people who I really admire, who are advocates um, for Black Lives Matter and other things. And, I, you know, I, I feel like social media has been such a, uh, a blessing and a curse. Um, but I, I do my best to kind of, you know, follow people who are on different ends of the spectrum. And, I, you know, there's this constant flow every single day. There's something, there's another injustice, there's something else. And I remember when uh, I saw the footage of, of Ahmed Abre, I was like, that one, that, I mean it was that sick feeling in your stomach and, but what made me feel sicker was, is anything going to change this time? Like this is, you know, is this just going to be like, like these constant, this constant kind of flow of just terrible things that you see on the daily that we can, if we're not careful, become numb to. Um, and I remember being shocked in a pleasant way at the way in which it, it grabbed kind of the collective um, attention of, of voices and people who otherwise I think um, you know perhaps have would remain silent. Um, so I think I was still kind of dealing with that and I, I tend just to look at social media um, it's probably not smartest or wisest thing to do but at the end of each day kind of once everything's over I avoid it most of the day and then usually when I'm um, settling down kind of preparing myself uh, I just have a little quick spin and I remember seeing that the footage for the first time of George Floyd. And I watched it and um, it was the most visceral, 10 minutes um, really? of feeling like you were there. And I remember watching it and thinking this, no, this can't end like this, surely this doesn't go where it yeah. seems to be going. And I looked at the headline and you know, I watched it, and it was heartbreaking. It was like, um, I, there is a there is an element of heaviness that comes in certain moments. I mean, Ken, you 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 really should be answering this question. I feel like you know you you have experience here, but it was like. It was like watching, it was the same feeling I remember when seeing like nine eleven, you know, like it's yeah. different yeah. situation, yeah. circumstance. But I knew right away that that um that maybe this was the flash point where things are about to burst open, you know? And um sure enough, I think that's what we've seen. And and you know, for if for it to happen in a moment where there is already such mounting tensions across across the planet, you know, in Europe in in, in Australia where I'm from, um, here in the States, you know, you just have seen this thing just yeah. kind of boiling under the surface and and every now and then it kind of it raises its its, its 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 head. And um, I just feel like this was, it just cracked wide open. And there's a part of me that feels like this has to happen. You know, if it doesn't happen now, it's gonna happen in November. Yeah. If it doesn't happen in November, it's gonna happen next year. So, do you, so do you, all of that to say, I just, you know, I feel like the church, where we are in the middle of it, yeah, it, is uh, you talked about briefly uh, before we, we got going about, you know, contending for an awakening. Well, if, if we don't contend for it, it's going to punch us in the face yeah, or in yeah. the gut. And I feel like that's what we're experiencing. That's
0: really, yeah. uh, when uh, President Obama was saying that, you know, he was saying so many young people coming out, he saw there were positive signs to it and spoke about channeling this, this energy, what you call this combustion, this cultural combustion. How do you think the... The church, songwriters, uh, influences, which you are. How do you think uh, the channeling um, should take place? Uh, what should the response be in a corporate way? Obviously, individually, we have to do that ourselves and be engaged, uh, as as you as you were saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, for me, um, God has given us the arts, creativity, um, specifically to speak prophetically. Um, but also with real pragmatic kind of, um, you know, no real pragmatic ways of kind of helping to to open people's eyes, or at least to kind of break through the veneers uh, or the, uh, the the kind of preserving walls of of like kind of uh, fixed ideology or ways of thinking. And and that's what we're really what we're really dealing here with is is we've got so many people and we're all guilty of it in one way or, or another um, we we get locked into trains of thought that uh, kind of are formed or based around our understanding um, of the world our understanding of God and usually those are form fitted uh, you know we, we try to fit I guess the image of God into something that we can grapple with or grasp and and it it requires us a, yeah. less tr- less faith as as, as I, I think you know um, the word of God implores us to, to live it out. Um, and so it's some version of faith that is religiosity, that is, is um, you know, being a part of the church, going to festivals, worship, devotion, all of these things that are a part of our faith experience, um, but without that testing ground space of, of hope in, you know, things um, unseen. Um, and I, th- I think um, what you have here is this opportunity i think for us to kind of go well art beauty um music uh whatever it might be is an opportunity for us to craft the spirit of god or what it is that, that, that god would want to be uh, saying and doing in a yeah. way that can kind of get beyond those walls uh you know in in a subversive kind of manner um, oh i and, like
0: that joe and like from, the subversive bit.
1: Yeah. And you're, you're like this too. But, but the idea being that from the inside out that um, know, we, we would create, you know, it would, it would, it would, um, we, we need, we need a tenderness of spirit. And and I think this is the thing that, that I, I pray that our generation of the church really grapples with and it, And it requires humility. It requires a willingness to go. I haven't got all the answers. I don't know it all. I, and and that's trust. You have to trust God. Like, Humility allows us to trust God more freely. And yeah. I, I think if we are allowed to let the Holy Spirit, you know, take what is often, you know, these cold heart, ways, cold hard ways of thinking or hearts that uh, uh, perhaps from our own experiences or what we've seen or, or past hurts or whatever can sometimes get so, um, you know, concrete um, that there's no opportunity for God to truly move through us we have to allow the Holy spirit to kind of saturate those places in us that have gone dry and that are hard and allow that tenderness to, to uh, really to create a, an opportunity to, 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 to communicate the gospel as we've been called to. Um, and it's, it's not coming from, you know, it's not using the old, the devil's ploy of, of just kind of, you know, screaming at the other, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, which is sometimes feels like passion and feels like doing the right thing. It, it requires empathy. It requires some sense of like um, compassionate resolve and, and a willingness to kind of actually um, put yourself in the position of the other and to listen. And if there's one thing that we're not yeah. good at you know, as a culture, as a society, but also within the church is often listening. You yeah. know, it's so quick to say, this is what I think. This is what I've read. Yeah. This is what God's been saying to me. This is what, you know, this person said, this is why that person's wrong but we have humility is a willingness to sit and listen and first that begins with us we have to be as individuals we have to carve out time and space for us to sit and listen to listen to positive voices to listen make room for the holy spirit to speak to us to you know we get to do that in worship and, I, and that's what i miss most about not being a wildfire this year is because the way you framed it to me ken was an opportunity for us to kind of like just get together and, and carve out this time to let god do what he wants to do and yeah. um well, it's so, it
0: challenging, uh, Joel. This uh, uh, to allow to listen, um, uh, and you know, my wife, who's a musician, always tells you know there is like you. There's a difference between hearing and listening. Um, listening requires just what you were saying that that sense of humility. It's not just the you know the one chord, the one sound, the one sound bite, but it is a continuing listening to what, as you, you just brilliantly put it, you know, putting yourself into the, the other and feeling for the other. And that, of course, is what you have done so amazingly in your songwriting and working with United over, over all the years. Let me ask you this, Joe, because I've been to many of your gigs. I've been to others. There is something different uh, recently um, to the way in which you are engaging with, uh, with the people. Now, obviously, you, people are there. They want to hear you. They want to. They want to to see what you what you're doing. But you're you're treating these events very differently. Tell us a bit more. What it's what goes on in in your mind when you're leading the worship? Uh, uh, how what are you What are you trying to do? What is worship trying to do in that creative space of looking? For the spirit to saturate us in that great word that you were using
1: um, but yeah well i mean i i think I, I see these i don 't take the, the the opportunity for for granted you know i, I think um, i, I don 't think I ever have but you know one thing that i even looking back at seasons past is i think as you get older you 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 know maybe it's called maturity i'm not sure but uh, the seasons of life you know um seasons of of your faith being weathered or tested or just um experiencing how god 's faithfulness reveals itself in time um, it it causes you to get yeah, your perspective to change, but for you to be really more grateful for things that uh, can otherwise it 's not like I'm not grateful for it but we could take for granted and I think you know what you 're alluding to is um you know this last Season um, of the people project that we did and the tour- touring that we got to do on the end of it um, uh, Where a lot of that came where the songs came from um, the season preceding that Had caused me to kind of go through I guess some sort of uh, personal awakening um, well, that... just tell,
0: tell us about that Jill, because that was obviously yeah. a hard time if you don't mind I mean, I think it'd be so helpful because <laughs> many people look at you and say you, well, well You've got everything you possibly want um, in terms of being famous, fame, you know, sort of writing great songs, but it was a hard time, as as we both know.
1: Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, I'm, I'm very grateful for you, Ken, because you were a, um, a great friend during that time. Um, but look, life is full of seasons, and I think um, you know, to to what we were talking about before, both questions. The first about what what we're experiencing in the world at the moment. The second, like, what's the role of of you know creativity and so forth in that really what we have is a giant perspective issue you know and there's a reason why you know jesus he 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 healed blind people he gave people sight you know there's a reason why um you know in luke when he unpacked the skull you know i came to, to preach good news to the poor to sight to the blind it's we live in a culture that is um has a major perspective issue And in the midst of that as individuals, because we make up the culture and we make up the kingdom. um, It's so important for us to have clear vision. And the interesting thing about perspective is uh, unless you are aware, uh, unless somebody lets you know that maybe you've got something on your face or that like something's out of shape, you know, like you, if you can't see it, you can't see it. Yeah. And It's that's why the enemy loves to to do it, to to kind of cause us to put the blinders on and cause us to be living a narrow version of what it is that God's got for us when the kingdom is fully revealed, when that day comes and we're in the presence of God, God's just gonna open our eyes. We're gonna see things that are already around and about us right here and now, but we're gonna be like, What? Was that there the whole time? Like where all where did all these colors come from? Where did all this beauty come from? It's been there the whole time, but sin, shame, all the stuff that we carry around, it causes us to kind of to limit uh, that. And I think for me, my journey was a journey of losing perspective, not for lack of searching for it, because I'm somebody who I love sure. discovery. I love chasing things. But what I just dis- what I realized was, I had unresolved tensions in my own personal life. So you can take this as a metaphor for culture, <laughs> unresolved tensions in my personal life, um, whether it be uh, my marriage, uh, my my how I felt about being a great father to my son, uh, how I was managing areas of leadership. There were there were hurts involved. There were feelings like I've done my very best, people that understand my heart, uh, which is all an insular way of looking at things. And before I knew it, I thought everything was fine. I thought everything was rosy, but one day it slapped me in the face and I realized, I'm, I'm in a funk here. like I can't see things clearly. Like I can't see a way out. I, I don't look at the future with the hope I used to have. I don't look at this gift I have in front of me that is, you know, God's calling on my life as something that I want. I, I don't look at these, even if all the things that are amazing and beautiful. It didn't matter. I prayed the prayers. I knew the stuff up here, but, but because I'd lost sight of things, you know, you left in a place where it was very dark and yeah. I didn't know how to get out of it. And, um, oh. and yet awareness just simply being aware that hey i'm not seeing things clearly was actually the starting point for me to then go about a process in kind of you know one by one really taking these tensions these it's like it's like if you had a whole like a, a bunch of wires crossed and it's a giant knot you know you can rip it all up and throw the whole thing out or you can one by one begin to try and unravel it and each time you unravel a piece it gets clo- you get closer to unraveling the whole thing and i think the process for me was about unraveling those things bit by bit, those little tensions and going, what matters? Making some tough choices about what my priorities are. You know, and God slapped me upside the head and, and kind of, he revealed to me these things that he put in my heart a long, long time ago. Uh, and Ken, you've always, um, every time we've ever talked, be it a phone conversation, likely this conversation, uh, an email, a text, you always have ended it with his purposes remain. And um, I can't tell you how prophetic that was. Because at the end of it, I was reminded that God's purposes in my life are still there. They're still good. And uh, I just need to see them in a new light. So that is what that's about. And I don't understand. I mean, I forget actually what you asked me about why we got into that. But um,
0: Well, it, out of that, I think that has been so helpful. Job. So helpful for many people um, to get when the perspective goes to recognize, you know, there are, if I may say so, heartaches as well as Highlands, because that great song came out of this time and was part of this kind, this engagement that you have with a generation that is feeling this tension. It's not just you. I see it a thousand times in listening to people, talking to people, of trying to get this perspective right, why you've been so extraordinarily helpful. I think that's how we, we got on to... To, yeah, yeah. to looking at that at that engagement, but it's that encounter that you spoke of,
1: and it's that this reminder. You know, I think sometimes you know we're we're perpetually we're, we're pilgrims. You know, we're all, we're on this journey, um, and I think sometimes you know we set that so we set goals, uh, and we're, we're kind of constantly looking at the other side. And and it, you might it might be in a personal season or a battle. I just can't wait to get the other side of this this pandemic. Just cannot wait to get to the other side of this. Um, you know, this tension, this, this, like this mounting frustration that exists across culture all around the world. You know, um, I cannot wait to get to the other side of this, you know. And and yet, we continue to make progress. God continues to lead us. We, he continues to trust us. And he, he gives us that lamp unto our feet, you know, like as our friend Ferdick has preached, and someone else probably much wiser and smarter than him, is like, God doesn't give us. You know the floodlight down the road. He gives us the promise, and he gives us a lamp, and it's about each step at a time. And yeah. I'm very aware that, like, I, I wrote up here. You'd love it above my piano. You might be able to see it there. It says, you know, are we there yet? <laughs> you know, i am just reminded that there's there's always another song. There's always. You know, are
0: we there yet? There's always
1: another person to reach, there's always another so uh, festival, yeah. another Zoom chat, there's always a new opportunity. And uh, you know, in a church, I've got so many friends who pastor churches, and you know, sometimes like Monday, I mean, you talk to any pastor, especially young pastors, like Monday, they just hold this, they're just over their head, like, oh man, we this, this, you know, could have been, I didn't say this, I didn't do that. And you sit there going, like, thank God that like our entire faith journey isn't about one Sunday, you yeah. know, it's like, yeah, yeah. We get next Sunday and we've got Monday to Saturday between, you know, and we, we get to go again and we make mistakes along the way and, and we get things wrong. And, you know, like, I think the majority, of, I feel like that if, if you can call it that, that I've experienced, and it, it just takes the, the weight off is that, you know, my, ent- my value, my value personally, my value to others, my value to God, like, um, at my, it's not, it's not going to be defined, you know, like by just, one moment it's, it's it's a lifetime of moments it's it's a it's a river you know it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a passage of trusting god and allowing the holy spirit to work in and through us making mistakes but going again and uh and so that's to quote uh, stephen gerard before he slipped but we go again you know yeah um, we go
0: again yeah but i think i mean john and of course in the great song he will lead us through the other side uh, exactly, yeah. let's talk a bit about the other side let's let's just assume you know that we're going to get through this this extraordinary moment that we have seen you know within six months we have seen you know a financial crisis a health crisis an institutional crisis a political crisis an environment crisis the what the fires in the wildfires in 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 australia the racist um, blowing up i mean you, you cannot imagine a time i cannot imagine a time the things that I've been through one or two of these crises, that I mean, one or two financials or whatever it might be in SARS or, but everything has come together like yes. this. Let, let us just, and the church has been in a, you know, he has had to navigate its way through this. Let's just project forward a bit, coming through the other side, believing that he will lead us through the other side. Mm. How do we prepare for that? And I know you've been thinking some many thoughts about what what the church should be like uh, or could be like, do you want to just give us a few um, teasers, a few tasters of some of your thoughts they unformed perhaps, but I, who, you I know mean, who knows who knows but
1: yeah if if I knew the answer to that question, i mean listen i I think uh, a, a bunch of the things that we've touched on, you know um aren't, they they are coincidental, but they're not like I feel like they're the things that we have to do. we have to be willing to listen to what God is doing, I think I think you know, the, the greatest enemy to, you know, as the quote goes, the greatest enemy to, 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 to good art is, is comfort, you know, like, um, and um, I think with the gospel, which I think is the most beautiful art form we have as a narrative and story, good, yeah. you know, the enemy to it, to effectiveness is comfort. And I, and I feel like what the gospel has always been about, like every good piece of art is, uh it's about gentrifying culture, you know, and, you know, I love, I love that you can go into any city in the world as any, any slum, any ghetto, uh, any downtown area, you, you know, the areas in London. And if you want to know what area is about to kind of explode and come to life, just chase the graffiti, chase the street art, chase where the artists live, you know, um, it's like, I remember being in London and, shortage that you know it was Uh, like yeah it wasn't safe to walk down the streets I don't know if it is these days but the point is you know you probably can't afford anything down there these days where it used to be and I I feel like if what the church is about is about take going into the the spaces and places not not spin the metaphor just a little bit but to go into places that where, where people lack value on the outside on the fringes places that people drive around or avoid the places where people are hurting, where people are desperate and to bring the beauty and the truth and the goodness of God and the story that we have in the gospel um, into those spaces and to meet people where they're at and to, to see things turn around again from the inside out. It's not about trying to create these, you know, these grand cathedrals that we, you know, once in a while open our doors to whosoever may come. No, I think much like the early church, you know, we've got to go from place to place, you know, like it's, it's about, it's about taking this thing um, into the world. And, and, and I was thinking about the contrast between even missions, like what missions was when I was growing up, where we just had, you know, like Polaroids of, of missionary families that we were supporting all over our fridge. And I'm sure like if you grew up in a Christian household, so did you. And there's, there's still no replacing. I I think that, the calling of, of missions people who go and immerse themselves in a culture and dedicate themselves to reaching unreached people groups. But one of the gifts of technology that the enemy would love to use for evil is, is this ability we have to um, build solidarity, community, to disciple, to evangelize, to mobilize, to encourage, empower, equip the saints um, for the work of the ministry. And so there's that side of it. But more than that, what you're seeing in culture is it's high time. See, it's much like Jesus, you know, choose this day whom you will serve, you know. And it's, uh, th- there's this, obviously, in, in, in Matthew 25, you know, which is a lot of people are talking about at the moment. And, you know, it's like you've got the sheep and the goats, and you've got that. That's a terrifying mm-hmm. passage of scripture for me. Sure, you
0: know? yeah.
1: Uh, and you're on my left side, I never knew, you know, like, and, and, and I think about where we're at right now and what God is doing in the story, and he's done this over and over. I'm sure it was very similar, a different time, but in in South Africa, you know, um, 50 years ago, uh, 30 years ago. Um, and, but this is this is our generation. This is our time. This is what we're called to. And the church is, is experiencing a shakeup like everything else. Every foundation will be shaken until it leaves us with what's beneath that. And beneath that, We've got the Word of God, we've got the Spirit of God, we've got Jesus, we've got the, corn- the cornerstone. And so we should not be surprised if every trust foundation that this world can offer us gets shaken until it disintegrates. Wow. Wow. And we get to decide now whether we build our house on the rock that we like to sing about and that we like to talk about and that we pray about, but it's very hard to do you know, um, sure. sometimes because we wanna to cling to these safety mechanisms. Relationships, our identity, uh, our health, uh, our our finances, uh, whatever it might be, our job, all these different things. The church, uh, I believe, is going to going to step into unprecedented days, and it's going to be mobile. It's going to be agile. It's wow. going to be quick to respond. Yes, it's going to be not caught up yes. in the, the bureaucracy or the uh, all the entanglements of trying not to offend people or trying to please everybody. Yeah. And, and it's seen now. Like, who cares? Like if you feel motivated to support black lives matter and you, you know, just do it. If people criticize you for virtue signaling, who cares? Like that person's going to have an opinion yes. and if yes. people you know, just, just do it. If, if, and, and you're seeing that. And so, you know, I've been trying to encourage my friends because it doesn't matter. We, we had this week, we had people leave our church because, um, because you know, Uh, with with social justice worries and we had people leave our church because we weren't doing enough to support the the cause. And I'm like, look, people are going to leave our church. It's okay. You know, the church isn't there to control people. We're there to just have open doors and open arms. And I think if we continue to step boldly into that space and we're quick and we're agile and we're willing to make mistakes and we're not too proud to say we got it wrong and we're not too, you know, then there's grace for that. And, And that is the message we have, you know, um, And thank God for Jesus and thank God for the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, that's working through our our brokenness, you know? And and if if that's not it, we sing about it. Every song I've ever written, I feel like, is about this very thing. So we shouldn't be surprised when it actually, when the rubber hits the road and this is what we have to experience. So I'm overall encouraged it's still a mystery to me. And that's what I love about God. He keeps inviting us into this discovery process where he's been fully revealed, but we're still, he's still being revealed to us because our eyes are being opened. But it takes a heart that is tender, a willingness to listen, um, and that we would at the f- front and foremost that we would be reminded that this gospel we have is for the sake of others. Um, Joe, I don't
0: of- I, I want to stop you. I mean, I, you know, I, Sorry, I uh, just, was, oh, it was it's so late. amazing. Yeah. So, so encouraging, um, you know, and just that thought that the quickest way to become yesterday's person is to stay in your comfort zone mm. and, and not to know what, that, that is the walk by faith. If faith were knowledge, it wouldn't be faith. Yes, you've indeed. given us this beautiful hope, this, this call to, to, to live with the uncertainty, the unsettled world that we're living in, and yet to, to see eyes open and, and particularly our own eyes. Totally. Joel, one last thought. Uh, if you were to leave one thought to uh, a younger generation, uh, f- feeling very sort of frustrated uh, at the moment, frustrated on a number of levels. I mean, people don't have jobs, the future's uncertain, um, churches, uh, they're having different experiences of them. If one last thought to, uh, to the generation, Um, which you've been leading so amazingly,
1: uh, what would that be? Uh, One thought. I mean, listen, I... Are we there yet? The answer is we are and we aren't, you know, and God is with us and we're on this journey. And so it doesn't matter what happens uh, today. It doesn't matter if the dreams you had for tomorrow pan out, fall apart, whatever, there's another day after that. To quote Steven Gerrard, we go again. To quote Jurgen Klopp, and I love this, when we were going up against Barcelona and nobody gave us a hope, you know, he said to his team, he said, we're gonna go out there and we're gonna leave everything on that pitch. We will, we will do everything humanly possible to win this football game and believe we will until the very end. And if we fail, we will fail in the most beautiful way. And I love that. And you know, history tells the story. Um, but there is something about going hey if we give it our all if we keep our heart in the right place if you fail do it in the most beautiful way because there is more grace more mercy more of god's goodness that even can turn things that you think you messed up into like beautiful things that reveal god's goodness um just keep going you know
0: well We'll thank you so much we can't wait to see you physically Come back to the United Kingdom. Keep up the work that you're doing. And yes,
1: his purposes remain. (laughs) Love you, Ken. Love you, everybody. God bless.